I have been watching, reading, listening to Dr. Robert Malone for a very, very long time, at least in the course of the last three years. I won't pretend to have known who he was before COVID-19. But since COVID-19 started in uh, early 2020, and Dr. Robert Malone has been speaking out on it, and more importantly, since the advent of the quote-unquote vaccine using the mRNA technology that he pioneered back in the late 1980s, I've been very interested in what he has to say. And uh, I've been longing for a chance to talk to him. So that time is now upon us. Dr. Robert Malone has written a book about what you and I have all experienced Lies my government told me and the better future coming. I know about the former. I'm hopeful on the latter part of that title. We all know the government has been lying to us. Let's hope for that better future. Dr. Malone, thank you for joining us here in Cleveland this morning. How are you, sir? I'm good, Bob. How about yourself? And thanks a lot for having me on. It's a pleasure. Even though you got me banned from Facebook for a while there, it's, it, it, this, I'm, I'm going to start. I mean, we're going to talk, obviously, about all of the censorship you have endured, but it's just so bizarre to me that I posted a very short, I want to say a two-minute clip of you speaking in front of the, uh, of the a building and talking about the, uh, the reality of mRNA technology, of course, for which you hold the patent. And I posted it, and I was flagged for disinformation or misinformation, whichever one they were using at the moment. And, uh, and I was suspended for 30 days for daring to post something that could cause harm to others. And, and since that moment, Dr. Malone, and I've heard you in a lot of places, I, I've been wanting somebody to say, how the hell can anybody have more information, correct information, about something like mRNA than the guy who holds the patent on it? They dared to flag me and you for saying something that you know more about than anybody on any um, moderator board at Facebook could ever know. So that's where we're, that's a struggle that I want to start with here is the idea that you can't be heard and we can't repeat you without it being branded as misinformation despite your credentials. Well, uh, your first mistake was Facebook. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, let's just be honest. Facebook now is mainly the uh, refuge of uh, the older generation. I'm trying to be very gentle here. You know you're right. <laughs> uh, and has been largely abandoned by uh, younger persons uh, for other platforms. So Facebook is increasingly an artifact. You're absolutely right also that my name alone is toxic on that platform because clearly they've been colluding with the federal government to suppress free speech. Mm-hmm. The, the backbone of all this is an organization called the Trusted News Initiative, which is run by the BBC, which defines myths or disinformation as anything other than the official party line coming from either the World Health Organization or your national health authority, the CDC in our case. And so anything that anybody says that's different from the official bureaucratic party line is to be censored under those agreements. And Facebook is absolutely part of that, as is all of its various uh, permutations and, and web of other affiliated companies. So that's, that's what you've been subjected to is the thought crime of having uh, endorsed indirectly something which was different from what either the World Health Organization or the CDC was saying. Both of those have become highly politicized organizations, so they're not really the bastion of truth. There they're are really Orwellian uh, political organizations that are backed by this trusted news initiative alliance that crosses tech and corporate media. That's what's going on.
Dr. Robert Malone is my guest. He has a book that you need. It's a Wall Street Journal national bestseller. It's Lies My Government Told Me and The Better Future Coming. Dr. Malone, um, you, you mentioned kind of the collusion between the government and the big tech you know, companies. Um, and I think we're seeing some of that being exposed now by the Twitter files that Elon Musk uh, ordered to be released, and now the um, the uh, hearings on Capitol Hill in uh, in uh, the, the and, and the other thread is the, the lawsuit by the two attorneys general against Google and the federal government. That's the other source of uh, information that's coming out Huge. in a discovery phase right now. Right. Yeah. Missouri and uh, and Louisiana AGs uh, are behind that. And you're exactly right. My my question about the collusion is, I, I think some may have seen the big tech, you know, left wing warriors doing this on their own. They don't need the government to actually tell them to flag this, stop that, because they agreed with them. But can you speak to who was the initiator of the collusion between them? Did the government agencies or the DNC or whomever go to big tech and say, we would really like you to take this down first? Or did they look for guidance from them saying what do you want us to do uh that's a touchy topic can i say all the above sure uh, we we have and the other one that you missed in this is big pharma so for instance we have the direct evidence from the twitter files of scott gottlieb former fda director who took a two-month uh leap you know after resigning from the fda and then joined the senior position at pfizer directly interacting with Twitter to get them to suppress a tweet from Brett Gior, who was in the same time that Scott was director of FDA, was assistant, uh, was uh, deputy uh, director of health and human services. So our, I'm sorry, assistant secretary of HHS. So Brett was actually higher rankings than Scott. And uh, Brett had tweeted out about the benefits of natural immunity. And Scott Gottlieb, while working on behalf of Pfizer, directly tried, got succeeded in getting Twitter to uh, throttle and censor uh, Brett Gior's tweet. So we have multiple parties all interacting. And the documentation for the involvement of DNC and various affiliated organizations is clear. Uh, we we have also clear documentation on the role of the Department of Homeland Security, as well as more indirect documentation about the role of the CIA. In Great Britain, the role of the 77th Brigade, which is their military psyops, has become quite clear, as well as their nudge unit. This is also true in Canada. Military psyops were deployed and in in Australia, we have uh, FOIA documents that in the in the lay press that show this. So we had uh, not just the uh, domestic uh, homeland security apparatus, but we had the intelligence communities from the entire Five Eyes Alliance of Great Britain, Canada, U.S., um, uh, New Zealand, and Australia all cooperating, and they have reciprocal arrangements so that, for instance, the editing on my Wikipedia page wasn't apparently done by the CIA, but rather by MI5. Over. Um, Dr. Robert Malone is my guest, um, giving us a ton of backstory information here about how these things are done and how the collusion uh, to silence certain voices have happened. Dr. Malone, I, I, I want to get into the 
efficacy and the um, and the quote unquote safety and effectiveness of these shots when this whole thing started. And I want you to tell me about your evolution because first of all, you created and pioneered the research in the late 1980s. That's why you have the patent. But you believed in them enough to take the first two shots. And I remember reading a quote of yours shortly thereafter saying you would never get the booster. And the reason when somebody asked you why was you said, and I'm paraphrasing you, but I thought it was because I don't want to die. So you, you had a change in that thought. Is what I said. Yeah, that, that is, did what I get I it right? Okay. So tell yeah. me, tell me how your thoughts evolved from actually, you know, believing in it enough to get those first two shots to then saying that was a mistake. No way am I taking anything else. So it had been my wife and I who've been our, you know, working together on this our entire lives, virtually our adult lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, the discoveries were made when I was 28, and it's actually nine patents, one of which Jill and I hold together on mucosal vaccines uh, using gene therapy. Uh, we had abandoned the positively charged fat or catonic lipid formulation technology because it was too toxic in animal studies in our hands. And we did extensive experiments with modified lipids and formulations, much of it pioneering, uh, resulting in many other patents. And we could never overcome the toxicity. So we went and worked on other systems, including direct naked polynucleotide injection and the use of post-electrical fields, electroporation in vivo. But uh, I had still many contacts in the industry from my old colleagues, and I had been under the impression that those problems had been solved through a series of advances and that the product would behave as we were told, that it would stay in the draining lymph nodes after axillary, after injection into your deltoid, so the muscle in your shoulder, uh, that they had solved the toxicity problem uh, and that I had believed that this had been all done in a, a right and proper way, uh, even though the initial documents that were obtained by Byron Bridal from the Japanese uh, regulatory authorities demonstrated that the proper studies had not been done and that things had been bypassed in a rush to get the product out the door. But um, I was wrong. I, I thought that my peers in good faith had solved these problems, and I trusted them. I trusted the FDA back at the time. I actually believed that the what was happening was that the FDA was being hoodwinked by the likes of Pfizer because they didn't really understand the science. It's become clear over time that, that, that I was wrong. I was basically giving too much of the benefit of the doubt to the government and to the regulatory authorities and that, in fact, things hadn't been done right and proper. And uh, as time went by, the toxicities became more and more apparent, including the toxicities that I had experienced. I, I took one of the identified bad batches of Moderna with dose number two, and that's when I developed hypertension to 230 systolic and uh, um, elevated heart rate, uh, postural orthostatic uh, hypertension and uh, um, uh, restless leg syndrome, narcolepsy, uh, tinnitus, a number of things that at the time weren't recognized as known toxicities, but hence have become apparent 
uh, in a widely accepted as as known adverse events. So, uh, like many of us, I had been uh, persuaded that that everything was on the up and up, and then it turned out that it wasn't. So. I want to go backwards a little bit then, doctor, if I may. Um, I watched a video of um, a panel discussion on mRNA with Dr. Fauci and a host of others that I couldn't identify um, on the video. Um, But the conversation was centered around um, long-term studies on mRNA shots being developed as vaccines. This is in 2019. So this is before we ever actually got to, you know, the discovery of the of the coronavirus, the Chinese coronavirus. Um, and they were talking about how whether or not it would be safe and whether it would be responsible to use one of these things without a long five to eight to ten year study. And they all acknowledged it would be ideal if we could do that. But if we can't do that, you know, we would have to use this. Now, it freaks a lot of people out because, again, it was before the discovery and the announcement of the worldwide, you know, pandemic. Uh, from this are you talking about event two hundred one? I'm sorry, sir. Are you talking about event two hundred one or a different discussion? Uh, that might be it. I did not get the name of it. I only saw a clip of it. It was uh, it was a, it was a clip on Twitter, so I didn't see the whole discussion. But okay. like I said, the the paraphrasing that I'm giving, I think, is pretty accurate. Where they were saying we should be able to do that, but if we can't, we would use it anyway. Um, and so I'm concerned about that from the standpoint of they knew full well they couldn't guarantee what the long-term side effects would be without a long-term study being done, actually. And yet they partnered with the pharmaceutical companies, as you identified, and with governments to mandate these things at the expense of people losing their jobs, their careers, their, their, their student careers, and so on and so forth. That's the real concern, or as big of a concern as I have from this whole thing, mandating something they did not know, admittedly ahead of time, what the side effects would be. Well, and, and we have from the lips of the likes of uh, um, uh, Deborah, suddenly I'm blanking on her last name, uh, the scarf. Brooks, exactly. Thank you. Thank you for prompting my memory. Uh, and Rochelle Walensky, that they had. Uh, by their own words, substituted hope for data. They had hoped that these would work and that they would be safe. And on the basis of that, they used all of this coercion and psyops technology and then finally resorted to mandates, including for our military, mm-hmm. for products that we now know were, in fact, not tox- not safe and were not effective in preventing infection, replication, and spread of the virus. So uh, it... it it is a huge indictment of the decision-making process that went on in D.C., and it was. We now even have Mr. Gates saying that we had over we, you know, the collective we, since Mr. Gates is a self-appointed head of World Health these days, that uh, we had overreacted to the virus that was not that much of a pathogen. I think it's important to keep in mind if this, for instance, had been, let's say for the sake of argument, a uh, aerosol transmitted Ebola, just to take an example, mm-hmm. that uh, various projections if such a thing did come to pass might lead to a billion people dead in the world. Uh, if we'd had a pathogen like that, there would have been a lot of tolerance for a fairly uh, toxic vaccine if it was partially effective against preventing death. But that was not what we've had. We've had a 
a coronavirus respiratory virus that was a little more severe in the earlier variants than uh, influenza or um, coronaviruses, the circulating coronaviruses, and which has mutated over time, evolved to become more infectious and less pathogenic so that now the symptoms are really fairly benign. And it, it is, you know, historically, the, the average age of death uh, across all Western nations from attributed to this coronavirus is slightly higher than the average age of death uh, altogether. So it, it has been compromising and, and associated with death in people that were basically at death's door anyhow. Mm-hmm. And as that, that's often the case with influenza and other respiratory infections. So it was a gross overreaction. In terms of the ethics, it's completely unsupportable. It's really obscene. And uh, we have yet to fully understand the long-term damage, which may include uh, birth defects, may include spontaneous abortions, may include increased risk of cancer, certainly increase, includes increased risk of clinical myocarditis, which carries something like a 20 to 30% five-year mortality rate. Uh, this is a huge human tragedy, and to have propagated this upon the world based on hope I think it's just obscene. Um, You can make Doctor, I'll substitute the word travesty for tragedy. Tragedies, I think, are accidental. This is intentional. They knew full well uh, all of the things that you just mentioned were possible, and they did not tell people. They did not give people informed consent or require informed consent before people rolled up their sleeves. They just said it's safe and effective, nothing else. You just your thumb right on the biggest issue of all of this, is, and it's the one that originally got me engaged in this topic, is that they completely bypass and continue to bypass informed consent. They actively suppressed informed consent by blocking people from discussing on social media or other channels their own adverse events. Right. This, this is obscene, what, what was done here. And there, people, there must be accountability uh, for what's happened. And I, and Doctor, I, I, want, yeah. I want to ask more about the, 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 I apologize for the intrusion, but we're a little short on time, and I want to get as much in as possible, so uh, please, please understand. Um, no, go ahead. Dr. Robert Malone is my guest. His book, Lies My Government Told Me and the Better Future Coming. I want to talk about today and uh, died suddenly, not the movie, but the events. The fact that we have an extraordinary number of young, healthy people, most of them athletic, dropping over on their fields of play. We saw a football player die on live TV. He died. He was gone for nine minutes. His heart was stopped. They performed CPR and brought him back. He did an interview a few days ago and was asked, you're 24, healthy as can be, a supreme world-class athlete. Did you ever have any heart conditions before? No, I did not. Then what did the doctors tell you happened? And after a 12-second pause, he said, I don't want to get into that. Dr. Malone, nobody wants to get into that. Why all of these healthy people are dropping over with you know, myocarditis, pericarditis, and other things. Um, and nobody wants to say, I took the vaccine, and I think it might have been responsible. Yeah, I just want to give a shout-out uh, on this topic. Uh, Ed Dowd's book, available on Amazon for the next week for free, as is my book and that of Bobby Kennedy regarding the real Anthony Fauci, are all available for free downloads for your electronic version for Kindle. But Ed's book is called Cause Unknown, The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. 
And it's largely a series of press clippings of these cases of young people largely dying suddenly of unknown causes. This is a wave and it is being suppressed. And uh, that in and of itself is criminal, in my opinion. And it's being suppressed by corporate media with the active involvement of, uh, it appears, the pharmaceutical industry as well as the federal government. Dr. Malone, I've got time for just one question left, although I have two really good ones, and I'm, I'm coin flipping here as to whether I want to ask you. I'm going to let you choose. The Biden administration has negotiated a deal to give the WHO authority over how the U.S. responds to health emergencies and pandemics in the future. That terrifies me. The other one is I want to know why our CDC is not learning anything from what we have learned in the last three years. Massive study conducted by Canadian and American researchers reported on last week showing that masks have little to no effect whatsoever against airborne viruses like a coronavirus. Rochelle Walensky's response, we're not changing guidance. We will never change the guidance on masking, particularly yeah, so for the least vulnerable, which uh, are children. Yes, sir. The Cochrane Review is uh, the gold standard of the world for meta-analysis, and they've been tracking mask uh, safety for quite a long time, and it's very clear that these products don't work. Completely concur about the damage to our children. Uh, the uh, international health regulation modifications that you're referring to yes. have been proposed by our government, and the Biden administration is actively gaming the situation so that they can avoid Senate approval for what is functionally a treaty, but they don't want to call it a treaty, and so they're uh, basically backdooring it with the World Health Organization. And this would give Tedros really the ability to interfere with American sovereignty. Uh, this is a travesty, and they tried it before, and it was basically the African nations plus Brazil that blocked it on the basis of infringement on their national sovereignty. And now the Biden administration is trying it again. This is a power grab uh, that's being performed uh, really in alignment with the World Economic Forum as well as the World Health Organization to grab power uh, for the uh, groups that believe that the nation state is obsolete. This is really a major breach of ethics in terms of the Constitution and supporting and defending the Constitution. But we've seen this administration willing to do this all the way through. They don't respect clearly the First Amendment and have been colluding with tech and big media to suppress free speech. And there, there is no remedy. There's no way the Senate is going to convict uh, for impeachment. And so they get away with it, and uh, they continue to get away with it. And it's basically a game of catch me if you can. The courts are so slow and cumbersome that they just keep breaking the law and violating the Constitution with impunity. Dr. Robert Malone has been my guest. Uh, I really appreciate the time. I, there's so much more. I, what would it take for, to get you and Dr. Bhattacharya and uh, Dr. Koldorf and Dr. Atlas and frontline do Dr. McCullough to do a nightly cable news show? What do you think? <laughs> um, uh, Somebody's got to tell the truth uh, here, and you guys do it, but nobody, you know, you don't have as, uh, the platform you need. The platform you need is a nightly show. What do you think? Uh, I, I'm... We're intending to launch a weekly podcast, uh, okay. hopefully next month. And so uh, 
We'll see how that goes. But I can tell you, all of us are scampering all over the world all the time, and even getting us on a Zoom call together is a pain in the can. <laughs> no, I understand. I do, and I appreciate you making the time to be here with us. I want to remind everybody about the book, Lies My Government Told Me, and The Better Future Coming by Dr. Robert Malone. Doctor, thank you so much for shining the light on the truth here. We appreciate it very much, sir. And thank you for your time, and stay healthy, Bob. Get your vitamin D levels checked. Well, I have the most important health thing that we need. I am naturally immune. I, 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 I got my COVID in October of 2020, and that was it. My natural immunity is going to take, the, take me the rest of the way, and I am on the vitamin regimen as well. So, Dr. Malone, thank you so much, sir. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.